Welcome to the Father's Vineyard Audio Podcast. Here is today's message. Oh, praise God. I am free. Who said that? What little one? Where's that little one at? Which one said that? That one in the corner? Hmm. Does that one belong to you? Little yes order. Yeah. All right. I, I am free. Mm-hmm. Well, we've been, we've been talking. It's been good and, and on Wednesday night. Maybe you coming on Wednesday night. Hadn't it been good? Man, I tell you, it's been real good. And, and, uh, and God's been telling us that freedom, freedom's just another word with nothing, for nothing left to lose. That's Janice Joplin. How many of you know, ever, ever, ever heard of Janice? Janice Joplin. I walked into a walked into a, a place of business the, the other week, and and um, and I, I I walked in and freedom's just another word, nothing left to lose. I mean, that's the first thing I heard, and it hit me, it hit me right right here. And I'm like, and I walk in, Janice Joplin's just a singing, and she just told me something about freedom, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, that's the truth. When you're free, when things don't have you, and you don't have anything else to lose, you got real freedom. You got real freedom. Well, I can't do that. That'll hurt my reputation. Hmm. Can't do that. Well, they may not like me. They don't like you already, so you may as well go ahead. And... <laughs> you know, I started running a popularity contest and ran, realized that I didn't, I didn't have anybody to popularize. They don't, I mean, I never got popular. Paul and Silas, they, they was putting it down in, the, down in the dungeon. Dark, damp, and barred up. But along about midnight, their freedom began to set in. They didn't have anything else to lose, so what'd they go ahead and do? They just went ahead and started praising God. Right in the midst of all their calamity, all their, all their situation, what they're going through. They were free. In the dark, in the damp, in the dungeon. But they were free. And them exercising their freedom knowing that what they had, things begin to happen. Why? Because God hears it from the dark, from the damp, and from the dungeon. He hears the high praises of his people that are free to do it regardless. The situation don't have to be just right. Somebody said, you know, if we turn the light, listen, if we turn the lights down just a little bit, and made it, real, made it dark out here, you know, maybe we could enter in. I, I said, listen, if we've got to turn the lights on and off to get you to enter in, what, if, what are we going to do when we lose power? <laughs> now, why? You know, what we're doing, we're, we're trying to depend on something in the natural to be able to move us spiritually. It takes the Spirit of God 
You know why, why, you know why a lot of churches have smoke? Because the glory of his presence is gone. Anytime you try to manufacture something to make it look like it's bigger than what it really is, it's manufactured. It's not spirit-ufactured. It's not by the Spirit of God. It's, I don't have a problem with smoke. Just don't, just don't make it be something, oh, we, oh, we really worship. Why? Because the smoke showed up. Somebody might say, Pastor, you might get in trouble. I'm already in trouble. That's all. I'm already in trouble. I'd rather be in trouble with man any day than in trouble with God. You know, the presence of God, when you begin to host the presence of God, that word host means, and you know, I want to make sure, you know, that we come expecting. Sab- Sabina. Does I say that right? Sabina. Where are you from, Sabina? Right down the street. You come from afar. (laughs) That's the reason we know that the firemen, I mean the wise men were firemen. They came from afar. Somebody's over here said, don't lose your day job. Who said that? I love you, Mary Jane. Listen. Solomon, you know, we talked about David and him bringing in the presence of God into his city and the sacrifices that he made and the, the journey that it took to be, able to, to be able to see the manifest presence of God in their city. You know, that we should carry. You know, God is looking for people that can carry his presence, not just in word, but carry his presence in power. True, we need to carry his presence in power. We need, that young has got the longest eyelashes I've ever seen. I thought she was preaching. Well, I can't get over these eyelashes. Look at these eyelashes. Y'all see these eyelashes? Mm. My goodness. You're easily distracted. No, I'm noticing things. <laughs> Solomon comes along and he's building. He can't. Dad, his dad, uh, 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 David can't can't build the temple. But Solomon's building the temple. And when listen to this, and when he built the temple, he started dedicating the temple. And the presence of God, the Bible says, the presence of God. Filled the temple. Filled the temple in such a way that the priests could not even minister. They would bow down on their face because the, the, the tangible presence of God was, was in the place. See, it has different effects on all of us. But I want to get these numbers right. I wrote, I wrote them down. It said that they worshiped, they fell down to the pavement with their faces on the ground and they worshiped and gave praise to God saying truly, watch this, truly, 
He is good. I'm telling you, he's good. His loving kindness lasts forever. It's everlasting. He is good. And his loving kindness. I'm telling you, when you and I begin to have a tangible concept of who God really is, it will change who we are. It'll change how we act. It'll change. He will do all that because it's him. That's the reason that Moses said, hey, I want to see your glory. What was he like? He said, I want to see who you really are. And he came by and showed him. He hit him in the cleft of the rock, and he, show, he showed him the, the, the character, the mercy, and the compassion, and the long-suffering. That's the character of God. That's his glory. The Bible says that at that point he was doing the Ten Commandments, that he came back, his his he sh- his face shone. It was so bright. People was hard to look. And he had to wear a veil over his face. Solomon dedicating it. And here's what he does after he dedicates the temple. It moved, Listen to this. The point of this, what I'm about to make, is that the more we see God as he really is, the more you will want to give him everything you got. After the presence of God, and he was there, King Solomon, the Bible says that he sacrificed 20. This is after the glory came. This is after the present filled the temple. He sacrificed 22,000 oxen. Move to keep giving him, keep giving, keep giving. He sacrificed 120,000 sheep. Just keep, why? I want, I want God to have more. I want God to have more. See, we're, 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 wanting, we're wanting more of God, and uh, we've got all of God that he is inside us. He's wanting more of us. He's wanting our soul. He's wanting our soul to be so, our mind, our will, and emotions to be so saturated with who he is that he can move through our feelings. He can move through our thoughts. He can move through our choices. So we should want more of him being presented in us, through us. Well, I'm glad that um, Isabel and Scott are doing good in Mexico. Amen. They, they, the earthquake, earthquake, had you know was in Guanabaca as well, and um, they're doing great. But we just need to keep continue to pray. Protection, hedge protection around them and, and uh, the people of Mexico. I'm telling you, there's a lot of things disturbing this earth. But I know one that said, when all the shaking's done, oh, we're going through shakings, people. When all the shaking's done, what'll be left standing is what's him. So we need to be seeking what's his. We need to be seeking what's his. Well, it's not his. We don't need to be leaning. We don't need to be leaning on this thing that, that's not his. We need to be leaning on the things that's his. I'm all, you know, I just had so much more to say today, but God, God says he had more to say than I did.
And I sort of like that anyway. If you'll go to, uh, listen, um, I want you to go to um, Luke chapter 24. Real quick, I want you to listen. Psalm 1611 says, In your presence is fullness of joy. Everybody say fullness of joy. It's in his presence. Listen to how great that is. Psalm 21, 6. Make a, joyful, uh, make a joyful noise and with gladness in his presence. The joyful noise and gladness is in his presence. He said, in his presence we will exalt him. We will exalt before God. We will rejoice and we will dance and we will spin and we will twirl. That's the reason why I love the dancers. Why? Because it's exemplary of what he says before the Lord. This is what you're supposed to do. Unless you're making a reputation for yourself, then you might ought to keep your seat because they are going to talk about you. But I wouldn't advise it. Just go ahead and dance and exalt before God. Rejoice with gladness. Over in Psalm 31, 19, it says, this is one. Look, I'm, I'm up to stay here just a few moments. We've got something else to do. But Psalm 31, 19, it says, those who take refuge in, in thee before the sons of men, take refuge in him. He says, thou dost hide them in the secret place of thy presence from the conspiracies of men. In his presence, he said, you're hidden from the conspiracies. The things that men are conspiring against you. Hey, come, come, let me hide you right here. Those that are, that are just coming up with things that's for your demise and for your hurt and for the thing that is not good for you. He says what? Come here, come here. It's in my presence that I'll hide you from that. He also, watch this, he's not done. He said, you hid them in a secret place of your presence from the conspiracies of men that thou dost keep them secretly in the shelter from the strife of tongues. Somebody's got some strife of tongue. I mean, just strife. God says, it's in my presence that you'll be hidden from that. It's in my presence that, that all this conspiracy, all this, these, these things that are being made up of man to, to hurt you and to take you out and to move. He said, I'll hide you. But it's in his, watch this, it's in his presence. Boy, I like that. Does anybody like that? The thing about hide me from the conspiracies of men, hide me from the strife of tongues. I don't want the strife of tongues on me. Strife of tongues get on you. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to have strife too. It's all, nothing but strife's going to come out. So you talk, strife's coming out. And if you're not hidden from the conspiracies of men, the next thing you know, you're conspiring to try to do something. But God says, in my presence, I'll hide you from it. That's the reason his presence is so powerful. I'll hide you from it. Look, I've got, I've got scripture after scripture. I've got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. I ain't, getting all, I ain't getting into all that. There's so many things about his presence. Because why? Because I've got something, something right here that I want to do. It talks about, it talks about 
He sets you in his presence forever. It talks about entering his presence with thanksgiving. It, his presence brings a gratefulness about you. His, his presence brings a shout out of you. And it says to shout joyfully. If you're in his presence right now, go ahead and shout. Yes, God. Amen. So that's acknowledgement. It's acknowledgement of his presence. We're beholding the Lord in his presence. We're, behold, we're beholding him. And it says in Acts, and it says, and we will not be shaken. You, all this shaking going on? <clears throat> Elvis started all that, by the way. But No, he didn't. Beholding the Lord in his presence, we won't be shaken. It goes on and says, in uh, repent and return to the Lord. And he says, in times of, it's in order that the time of refreshing comes from the presence of God. You want, you want refreshing? Get to the presence of God. That's what he says. But you, have to, you know, there's a repentance. There's a turning that has to go to that. He said, listen, Paul says when you start forgiving people, Jesus Christ is presence when you, present when you forgive somebody else. He said, I've forgiven in the presence of Christ. When you offer, forgive, when you offer forgiveness for somebody... Christ is present. Think about that. All right. Pour out your heart before him. It's a place that you can pour out. You can pour out who you are right before him. Pour out your heart before God in his presence. Humble yourselves in his presence. Here's one. He says, when you humble your presence, humble yourself in the presence of God. This is over in James 4. Listen to this. He said, humble yourself in the presence of God, and he will exalt you. Next verse. Do not speak against one another. You know, somebody that's not in the presence of God, somebody that's talking about somebody else. Okay. No, but that's in another verse. Yeah, it is, but the verses wasn't in the original. Did y'all find Luke? Luke 24, day of Jesus' resurrection. The women have already seen him, went back and told the guys. They didn't believe him. They had to believe him. And Peter had to go and look down, look in for himself. And this is on the same day, two of them, two disciples, we're going along the way in, uh, to a village named Emmaus. And there was about seven miles. Everybody say seven miles. Seven miles from Jerusalem. They were conversing with one another and all the things that had taken, about all the things that had taken place. In verse 15, it came about that while they were conversing and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began traveling with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. Now, there's a reason why they couldn't find, they didn't really know who he was. We're going to find out what, why that is. And he said to them, what are these words that you're exchanging with one another as you're walking? And they stood still and looking very sad. Here we go. We, begin to, we read all this stuff about how, how God is so good to us. How the joy should be full. We should have the fullness of who he is. We should, we should worship him. We should be able to be hit. We'll be able to be hit. All these things he said happens in our presence. And then here we are walking sometimes as if though we don't have his presence there's a reason for that and we're going to find it right here and it's going to be because of everybody say this word these words disappointment 
Doubt. Discouragement. Say it again. Disappointment. Doubt. Discouragement. These guys were disappointed because what? Why? You go on and look and you'll begin to understand and, and read that they were discussing about the things that happened to Jesus. And they talked about how he was beaten and how he was, how he was uh, uh, just pulled at and, 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 and all that and how he was crucified and how he was. Be- they, they, these guys witnessed it, they saw it. But they're on their road home, seven miles away, which they've been walking two hours. About two hours they've been walking. Jesus actually appears to them. Why? Because he understands their disappointment. They've been disappointed. Why? Because we thought he was the Messiah and he was going to take care of everything and the kingdom was going to be established, so I'm disappointed. How many of you have been disappointed because something didn't come through? How many of you have been disappointed because something didn't happen the way you thought it was supposed to happen? See, this, this is the reality of where we are. And see, disappointment, watch this, and the Bible says that Jesus came among them and started walking with them, and they did not know who he was. The Bible says that they were prevented. The, what prevented them was their disappointment led them to doubt and led them to discouragement. Disappointment, doubt, discouragement. God shows up, don't even see him. Why? Their eyes are on the disappointment. Their eyes are on the doubt, and their eyes are on the discouragement. They're discouraged. They've been walking two hours. It's about evening time. Jesus is with them, and they start, and they said, and, and Jesus says, well, what are you talking about? What, what is this thing you're discussing? And then they look at him and said, man, where have you been the last three days? Are you the only one in Jerusalem that didn't know this? What, what things are you talking about? And they get begin to say, Jesus was whipped, Jesus was beaten, Jesus was nailed, Jesus was crucified, Jesus bled, and Jesus died, and Jesus was buried. But this is the day of his resurrection. They don't know it. Jesus shows up and don't see him, and Jesus begins to open up the scriptures. And he begins to talk, listen to this, and this is how we're going to overcome the disappointment, y'all. He begins to open up the scriptures and begins to talk about who he is, who he is, all the way starting with Moses. And he begins to talk about that. As they're going and he begins to talk about who he is. Oh, who he is. Who he is. As they're talking right in the middle of their disappointment. Who he is. Who he is. All the way from Moses. All, who he is. He begins to share with them and open up the scripture about who he is. And then they're, they're being touched by this and they still don't know who he is. And they said, and he acts like he's going to go on. He said, no, they come on, stay with us, stay with us or something. Y'all come on, stay with us. It's getting late. It's almost evening. It's almost 6 o'clock. It's almost evening. So Jesus goes on in and he, and he goes in and says he starts reclining at the table. And he brings and he breaks. And he get, watch this. And he shares communion with them. And as he took it, blessed it, broke it, blessed it. The Bible says what? What does the Bible say in there? Yours, Mike. What does it say? You there? Are you there? And their eyes about their eyes. What did it say? After they did come. Their eyes were open and they knew who he was. Oh, their eyes were open. Now, what caused their eyes to be open? They, they listened. They just got a lesson in about who he is in the scriptures. 
first, number one, when you start getting disappointed, get, getting disappointed, go to the scriptures and start reading who he is. Who he is. Not about who he is. Get you some scriptures out about who he is. Start as, I mean, start writing them down. So whenever you get to a place, I'm disappointed because God didn't come through or this didn't happen. I thought it was going to be this way and I'm disappointed. Go get you some scriptures and find out who he is. Start, getting, start rehearsing who he is. Everybody say who he is. Look, the Bible's full of who he is. Get that, get that just begin to read that, and then the next thing you do is you, you begin to take communion. Always have you something to take communion with. After you start rehearsing who he is. Wait a minute, my Bible says that, 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 that he is the, he's victorious. My Bible says that he is the healer. My Bible says that he is the deliverer. My Bible says that he is the freedom giver. My Bible says, Bible says that he is the bondage breaker. My Bible says he'll give you ankles. Who he is. That's who Jesus is. Start rehearsing that and then just, then just begin to have communion with. And then the Bible says their eyes were opened. Why? Because they got their eyes off of the disappointment, off of the doubt, and off the discouragement. Why? They have new vision. I'm not a victim. I have a vision that I'm running with. It doesn't look like much now, but I have a vision that I'm running with. All, it, all it's going to take is a little bit of, little bit of dis disappointment. See, disappointment keeps you away from his appointment. The enemy wants to dis you. <laughs> he wants to disappoint you so you won't realize your appointment with God. Find out who he is. Start getting disappointed. Find out who he is. Get in your scriptures. Find out who he is. And then begin to take communion with him. Commune with him. Get the elements out. Commune with him. Let him shine. How many of you, how many of you, yes, yes. I just want to say one thing. The church I usually get to, we pray every Sunday the same prayer, and one of it is, um, Lord, I seek, um, help me seek to understand rather than to be understood. And I think that goes along with Good. Find him, his understanding, and not our. Lean not into your own understanding. Come here. That's my daughter-in-law. And she doesn't like speaking in public or standing up. That's okay. <laughs> why? Why is that? Go, you know why? Because how many of you are disappointed? I'd like for the ushers to go ahead and go ahead and it's, it, yeah, go ahead and bring that out. How many of you are disappointed? How many? There's a disappointment in your life that's just rattling your cage. There's, a, there's, a, there's just a disappointment, a longing for something. You just didn't get it. You hadn't got it, and there's a disappointment. How many of you, how many of you that, that you, don't you stand your feet? If that's you, don't you stand your feet? Come on, guys. All right. Now, I don't know what your disappointment is. I'm not asking you what your disappointment is, but I'm telling you he's the answer. I'm telling you, he has something to say about your disappointment. He's got something to say about who he is in the midst of your disappointment. Whatever your disappointment is, you just think about who he is right now. You begin to posture yourself about 
whatever it is. He may be disappointed in something that hasn't happened. Then you figure, you figure out what it is about him that you can, you can say, I can, I can turn to him about this. I can turn to him about this. It may be something about financial. And he said, all you got to say is, he's my provider. Amen. It might be something about, you know, uh, something else about your family. He said, no, he is he, the one that sets crooked ways straight. It might be something about your family. They hadn't seen, they hadn't seen a child come home. No, he is the one that, that whistles for them to come home. I wish I could whistle. Who can whistle? You know, did you know our God was a whistler? The Bible says that he whistles for those to come home. I think someday we just need to come in here and all we do is whistle. Just whistle and just watch them come home. It may be something that you're struggling with in, in, in your life and he's the provider. He's the provider. There's no one like him. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the God of all gods. He's the one that can get you through. Maybe, how many of you, how many of you that are standing, you're in a battle? You're in a battle. Wave at me. You're in a battle. Here's your word. Are you ready for your word? Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Huh? Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. That's that's him. That's him. That's him. Now, if you hadn't seen something complete, he says, I am the beginning. I am the end of what I have started. I will finish. That's who he is. Just begin to find. Somebody got another word that you, something about him that you want to you declare out? Anybody? About him. It's about him. He's the great I am. He is the great I am. Anybody? He is wonderful Messiah. Ah, uh, he started to work. He's going to complete it. He's faithful. Ah, uh, he's not going to leave you. Anybody else? He's the redeemer. No, he, he'll buy that thing. He'll buy you. He's done made the purchase. You're not your own. You belong to him. I don't care what the enemy says to you. You belong to him. You're his. Anybody else? Anybody else? He's my peace. What? Oh, his, his mercies are new every morning. He's Almighty God. Anybody else? Real quick. He's Jehovah Jireh. What does that mean? He's my provider. What about? He is my inheritance. Anybody else over here? He's the glory and the lifter of my head. He's the balm of Gilead. Yes. He's your Savior. He's the rose of Sharon. All of a, all of a sudden, we get to, get to seeing about who he is. That's what Jesus did. He started breaking their disappointment with who he is. Not what happened, but who he is. And then at that point in time, they started making, uh, he came in and he had communion. 
All right, you disappointed ones, come on, quickly. Go to these places and get your communion. Come on, quickly, move, 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 quick, quick, quick. Get you the juice and get that. Don't take it yet. All those that are just disappointed or something's gone awry or something is just not there, just come, come get it. Come get it. Why? Why? Because this is your road to a mess. This is your road, and it's not a, your road to a mess. This is your road to a mess. You know, one of them's name was, was Cleopas. You know what that word, you know what that name means? I, I, I'm, that, that word means the whole glory. They just didn't want to look at the whole glory. You can go back to your seat after that. All right, rest of you, I want you to come down and get your communion. We're, all, we're going to take communion together, so come. Come quickly. Come, we're spread it out all over the place. Come and get your juice and get it. Come quickly and go back. Or matter of fact, you don't even have to go back. You can just stand down here. You don't even have to go back to your seat, but we're going we're gonna to take communion together. Everybody is welcome. Everybody is welcome. You can go back, get your communion. Why? What is God doing? God is dealing with disappointment in the house. He's dealing with doubt in the house. And he's dealing with discouragement in the house. Why? It's, if you're disappointed and, if you're, you're, and you're doubtful and you're discouraged, it's going to be hard to enter into the presence because you're not going to recognize who he is. You won't be able to see him in the middle of what's going on. He said that's the reason that they were prevented from seeing Jesus when he just showed up. And then the Bible says, act, listen to this. This is what gets me. Y'all with me? This is what gets me. The Bible says that after, after he did communion with him, he did communion with them, they, their eyes was open. Their eyes were open and they recognized him for who he was. And the Bible said, and he vanished. Just disappeared. No, he really didn't. Oh, yeah, he really did. Right when they recognized him, he disappeared. They got, you remember what they said, don't you? You remember what those two guys said, don't you? Did not our hearts burn? We were walking in doubt. We were walking in disappointment. And we were walking in discouragement. He told us about the scriptures. About who he was in the middle of the scriptures. And he broke communion. He did communion. Did not our hearts burn? Were we not set ablaze? Did I not have something burning deep inside? Did we not have something burning deep inside? And watch this. By this time it's in the evening. They didn't walk for two hours. But the Bible says in that very hour. They could not contain themselves and they started their journey two hours back to Jerusalem. Why? Their hearts were set ablaze and they could not keep quiet. He is alive. Yeah. And he knows his brothers, listen, he knows, he knows their brothers are discouraged and disappointed and doubtful. So they actually walked two hours. So by 8 o'clock or 8.30 or 9 o'clock, they're approaching Jerusalem. And they find the disciples. And they said, listen, guys. And they find them together. And they said, listen, guys. He is alive. He, they told the ones that were disappointed, doubtful, and discouraged. They told them about how they experienced the presence of God. 
and they wanted to share it with some other people. Listen, we need to share this with other people. You're going to leave here today and you're going to have people that you're going to run into that's disappointed, doubtful, and discouraged. You have something to tell them. When we take this communion together, I want you to ask God for that burning heart. Not heartburn. I want you to ask God for that burning heart. I want you to ask God that, that, that it, will just, it will consume us in such a way that we cannot be still to make sure that when we're around somebody that is courage, that, that, that his presence will rise up in such a way. And let me tell you about, let me tell you about what God has. Listen, yes, they need to hear the gospel of salvation. Yes, they need to hear the gospel of salvation. But they also need to hear, some people's already out there that's discouraged has already heard the gospel of salvation. But they need to hear the gospel of the kingdom. He is, he, listen, he is the conqueror. He is the healer. He is the destroyer. He, he's the one that brings, he is the one that can breathe life. And he, he is the one that, that, that raises you up from a place that's way down low. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about they need to hear the gospel of the kingdom as well. I'm telling you the truth. We need to be a church that's sent out. Sent out to be able to go to the downtrodden. The ones that don't have the good news. That's the reason he said the spirit of God is upon me and I'm going out to set the captives free. Why? Because I have the anointing to go do that. He recognized the anointing on him and we need to recognize the anointing and the presence of God upon our lives. I'm telling you the truth. Is that true? We don't need to leave here and say, well, that was, was an interesting service. Well, that was strange, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, you can say all those things, but let your hearts burn that the next time you're at the gas station, you're somewhere in the parking lot, somewhere at Kmart or Walmart or wherever it is. Look for somebody. They're there. They're all around us. But they've become invisible to us. We need to ask God, God, show me. Send me to the ones that are held captive. Send me not with just the word of who you are, but also the power to set them free. The power to set them free. Brother, come on up and share the bread with us. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The bread represent the body, and as Jesus was praying, he said, this is my body that's broken for you. But I just want to pause and just reflect on the crucifixion because he said, by his stripes, we are healed. It was his love that caused him to go the distance. And it was his love poured out for us that he want to see us whole, spirit, soul, and body. And when his body was broken, it was evident of his love for us that this is the only way, Father, that I could bring them back to you is to go through this suffering. Even he turned the cup down. He said, not my will, but thine will be done just for us. And his love is for us to be healed and complete within him. And as we partake of the bread, let's remember the body that was broken for us.
Before you take it, I want you to turn. Get in groups. Just turn and get in groups four, five, and six. And make sure you know who you are. Just tell people your name. We're communing with you, with each other, with him. All right. John, Thank you, you Lord. Continue. You may partake of the bread. Thank you, Father, for sending your son. He became sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in you. So, Lord, we just are reminded of your goodness, your mercy, your love, and your kindness. In Jesus' name, mm -hmm. amen. He lifted the cup and said, this is the, his blood, and this is the new covenant. Everybody say new covenant. This is a new covenant. The blood washes away our sin. It takes it away. And he established a brand new way of living with his presence. It's his. And he says, every time you do this, you remember me. Father, in Jesus' name, we recognize this as the blood of the Lord the new covenant that we're part of and we now take it as we remember his sacrifice. You may partake. Pass the cups. Pass the cups to the sender and as you do that when you go and tell other people this is what happened to the disciples. They went and told other people. They ran into the disciples, the other disciples, and they were discouraged too. And the Bible says, as they began, listen to me. The Bible says, as they began to tell the other guys what they had experienced, as they began to tell it, Jesus appeared in their midst. You get that? As they began to tell the others about what they had experienced with the scriptures and with, with Jesus, it says that he appeared in their midst. And they were, the others were fearful and doubtful. And he addressed them as well. And the Bible also says that he opened their eyes to understand who he was. So when we go, Jesus says he will open. All we got to do is just be faithful. Jesus said he would open the eyes of understanding if we would just be faithful and to share who he is and what he's done in our lives. Amen? Amen? All right. It's been a good day today. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we thank you. We love you. It has been a wonderful time in your presence today. It has been so good for us to see and behold who you are. Thank you for Sabina. Thank you, God, for everybody that's been touched today. God, we still stand for her new ankle. In Jesus' name, we love you. Amen? Amen.
Amen. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Come back next week and we'll see what we can get into. Thank you for listening to the Father's Vineyard podcast. If you'd like more information about Father's Vineyard, please visit us 24-7 at www.fathersvineyard.org or you can call the office at 828-287-2868. Thanks again.